Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode three of My Sentiments Exactly. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Season one is all about recovering from religiosity, and I'm excited to have a special guest, Tara Miller, with me on the show to join the discussion. Today, we're going to be talking about the dangers of doing church and what it means to water down the gospel. MSE Podcast is dedicated to talking about the hard stuff and facilitating the conversations necessary for growth, healing, transformation, and genuine community. Now it's your turn. My hope is that you finish this episode feeling empowered to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starters Deck available at bygracenp.com. May these cards inspire you to speak out and be heard, and may you be authentically embraced for the uniqueness of your journey. So Tara, do you believe that you can be a Christian but not attend church every week? So, um, I do, I do, but I also think there's a difference in being a Christian and being a follower of Christ. Okay. Okay. So, um, Christianity in and of itself, as the world has given that term, um, it gives a lot of leeway and a lot of freedoms and luxuries that I don't feel in so many words are uh, mm, I want to say I want to use the word sinful um got you but when you're following after Christ and you're pursuing the kingdom of heaven you know that's a completely different dynamic and so there's certain things that we do to keep us grounded in in the truth and pursuing those things in a healthy way, a healthy environment, a healthy culture. Got you. Yeah, that's totally true. I think when it um, comes down to this topic, a lot of people um, mention Hebrews 10, um, where it says, you know, not to neglect meeting together. So if you don't attend church every week, then you're not fulfilling the scriptures. Yeah, that's definitely a controversial um, verse that's used a lot. Um, I think it can be dangerous for us to to make judgment statements that this makes you a Christian and this doesn't. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that really the Lord began to show me years ago early on in my walk was, um, I believe it was Paul that says, any man then who knows the good he must do and doesn't do it sins. And so yeah. we have the standard that the Bible outlines for sin, but there's a place where we get convicted through our own personal walk with the Holy Spirit and our relationship with God as individuals. And so mm-hmm. um, sometimes we can, you know, fall into a, a dangerous place where we're holding someone to a standard that maybe maybe that's meat and potatoes for them and they're still only drinking milk. Mm. Wow, yeah. Yeah. 
That's so true. That's that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> what? A whole nother I mean, topic. Yeah, like giving meat to those that are still drinking milk. That's heavy. That's heavy. Um, when you were saying, you know, using your personal standards and kind of holding other people towards that, um, one of the articles that I was reading was talking about um, unbiblical conscience binding, which is basically what you were um, talking about. And it's where you kind of use your own standards and the things that mm-hmm. you do to try to make other people feel convicted. Um, and one example was um, one believer tells another believer how often he or she prays every day or how long he or she spends in the scriptures each morning. Right. Then proceeds to say something like, I'll be glad to hold you accountable to doing this too. Or I don't know why more people don't spend as much time praying. And they said that such attempts at unbiblical conscience binding um, occur in every sphere of life and ministry, often resulting in creating undue guilt in the minds and hearts of God's people. Absolutely, absolutely. That that is a huge thing and you know, if we don't be careful we can we can we can try to play the role of the Holy Spirit and although our intentions are probably good, then we lead people into guilt and shame, um, which actually causes people to pull back from church and the Lord rather than what the Holy Spirit does is convict and call people and empower them to the standard that he's drawing them to. So that's definitely a huge reality um, that takes place. Man, every every church that I've been to and every season of life that I have experienced in my walk with God, whether it was me doing it or experiencing other people doing it, is definitely something that we uh, we do as Christians. Yeah, that's a that's a tough pill to swallow that we're not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> what? <laughs> we are not the Spirit. That is that's something we gotta remind ourselves of every day, I believe. Daily. Girl, on, on a good day I can control myself, you hear me? For real. <laughs> For more or less somebody else, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah, so I've also found when it comes to people not attending church, um, people base, they don't even just base whether or not you're a good good Christian, but then they go even more into detail to if you miss church because of work, then you're still a good Christian. But if you miss it just because, then you're not. So then it, it gets more complicated than just attending church. It's do you have a good reason behind not attending if that makes sense yeah absolutely um so like your um your series is talking a lot about religion and that Mm -hmm. dynamic and I think that that's where that really comes into play with that mindset of um almost a formula or tradition really you know that if you don't do this a certain way or do that a certain way or do it for the reasons that I think um, are justifiable, then you're not a Christian or you don't love God or you're not this or you're not that. Um, What I have found when it comes to church is that church is community. You know, one of the things Jesus did, if we look at his life, is he introduced us to God as Abba, Father. And Mm -hmm. 
he would sit down with his disciples and eat with them. These are intimate settings where he brings us the reality of what it looks like to be a family. And ultimately, you know, that's where that's where church is so fundamental and critical in our relationship with the Lord and um, our walk or pursuit of the Christian lifestyle is that it gives us that support system and it gives us that accountability um, to be intimate with people and sh- and share with people and receive um, fellowship tridimensionally because, yes, we need fellowship with God daily. We need to be um, engaging with the Lord, but we also need each other. We were created and designed to connect exactly. and empower each other, yes. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, There was a quote that said, um, if we purposely place ourselves among other Christians, there is accountability, friendship, mutual building up of one another, love for one another, instruction for one another, and ways to serve one another. So those are some of the, I I guess you could say, pros of going to church. You know, because some people are like, well, what are the benefits? Those are some of the benefits. But do you believe that, well, I mean, there's no perfect church, um, but I feel like these things are often pushed to the back burner in churches nowadays, and it has become a a show right. <laughs> in, in certain respects, you know, and we forget about the community aspect like you were talking about, um, and right. that that part is biblical. Um, it being community and um, really coming to fellowship and not necessarily to entertain and to um, mm-hmm. just have like a social gathering, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, just to check that box and say, oh, I'm good. I went to church this Sunday. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah I put on my best outfit. Ooh, yeah. Listen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, it's it's funny because I used to stay away from mega churches. I had my own personal biases against them. But mm. one of the things that I love that they do is they do small groups. And that's where, yeah. like, we come together. Because I love the fivefold ministry, and the fivefold ministry has their responsibility to equip and feed the saints. But we as saints also have a responsibility. And so um, to be able to come to each other's homes or get together and do things just throughout the week, like, why does it have to be a Sunday thing? Yeah, you know, that's real good. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um I definitely do feel like a lot of the church uh structure these days is not um orchestrated around that family dynamic, that community dynamic as much Most as it's about checking that box off to say we did it. Yeah, um, but I think like my 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 real question there would be how do we how do we as a people that desire that and hunger for that, how do we help bring resolution to that or bring that back to the church, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's a good question. Um, and it reminds me um, a few of the recommendations that were made um, by some of the people that were interviewed um, in the article that I was reading. Um, one of the recommendations was, to raise the level of engagement. Mm. So giving people more opportunities to serve and to be active in church may help with people seeing the benefits in attending, but also not just attending for the sake of attending. 
right, but right. really bringing something to the ministry. Um, so how do you feel we can raise the level of engagement? Oh, so as a disclaimer, I want to say that on one side, I feel like that's always going to be subjective because yeah, everyone's going to receive differently. So I think that there's got to be a place where there's, um, I know for me, um, so I'm in the military, and one of the things my leadership actively does is that they get with us one-on-one and okay. they talk to us behind closed doors and say, hey, you know, what are the pros? What are the cons? Where can we do better? Or what are you seeing? And um, where do you feel like morale is falling or why it's falling, things of that nature? I feel like those, the intimate setting um, where it's not just the pastor or the bishop or the deacon, and then there's this invisible line that separates them as superior, and then you've got everybody else. Um, I think that when those lines are broken down and there's that engagement and that one-on-one that takes place where we actually, everyone voice, everyone's voice matters, um, I think that that will, that will be huge in, you know, bringing some fulfillment and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Restoration to, yeah. to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I totally agree. I love the one-on-one dynamic. Um, I feel like as much as possible, you should try, and even if it takes delegation, like right, example, right. the mega churches, they have other leaders, like small group leaders. Um, I think as much as possible, you should try to incorporate the one-on-one aspect um, because when you try to address personal issues, from like a macro level mm-hmm. it doesn't really get to the root issue girl you better preach <laughs> really like i that's something I, i'm very passionate about um and you know even the topics that i'm discussing like through this podcast um there are like multiple people touching on the same topics right but it's important that we get everyone's input because, you know, there's something that you may say that someone else may not say. Um, And I feel like that's operating as a body. Absolutely. And even when it comes to um, the body of Christ, you don't treat the arm the same way you do your ear. Right. You get what I'm saying? So there's still that individuality even with that. You know, you can't, approach everyone the same or um, address, you know, it may be the same issue, but you may have to address it differently depending on the person. Absolutely. <laughs> that That is profound. Mm. I think that's something yeah. that a lot of people, a lot of leaders miss. Um, and not at any fault to them because this isn't oh this yeah isn't a fashion session you know but oh yeah no 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 it can be so easy especially I know whenever the Lord gives me revelations or carries me into deeper encounters or new experiences it's I get excited and and when it's something you're passionate about and you can't know Jesus and not be passionate about it like 
it's, it's inevitable, you know? And so yeah. I think that leaders, you know, they have this big picture and this big vision and, and they want to bring people into it, but they forget that that very realistic element that everyone's not on the same level. And if you don't know people, one of my favorite quotes is that people don't care about what you have to say until they know how much you care. Yes. And if you don't take the time to build those foundations of trust exactly. or create that atmosphere where people feel safe even being vulnerable or even receiving certain things, and it doesn't matter how big your vision is because wow. who's carrying yeah. it, you know? Yeah, that is so true. And people want to follow a person, not an idea, not right. even a vision. There has to be a person behind it. Right. And that's what matters. That's Absolutely. What matters. That's what matters. Yeah, I that, that was really good. I I totally agree with that. So what do you feel about this recommendation? Um, keep unchurched people front and center. Hmm. So I'm going to be honest, and a lot of people aren't going to like this or agree with it. It's okay. <laughs> I think we could all use a little bit more of being unchurched. Okay. Um, <laughs> so... And what I mean by that is that if you're talking about spiritually immature people, new believers, people that haven't really been um, running their race very long, then Mm -hmm. absolutely, I feel like they need more. We we all need to be disciples, you know. Yeah. And and even if we look at um. Once again, I'm going to go back to the to the life of Jesus. Is that he ministered to masses, but he yeah. always had his twelve, and his twelve got to see dynamics of him and receive things from him that everyone else didn't. You mm-hmm. know, he would give the parables, and then he would go sit down with them and say, "Hey, this is what this means." He he wanted mm-hmm. them to get it, and um, not that he didn't want everyone else to, but there was just the significance that those were the ones that he was raising up to to lead and take over his work. And um, so when you have new believers and you have, I guess, what we're referring to as the unchurched, if I'm not missing what that is referring to, mm-hmm. um, definitely um, they need, they need spiritual mothers, they need spiritual fathers, and, and they need us. Um, people that are that have grown up a little bit more in the things of the Lord to come up under them and, and take them take them by the side and say, hey, do life with me. Let me show you what it looks like when you are scared, how to still walk in faith, or or when you don't understand how to how to not waver or still stand up in the things of God and walk in the yeah. truth of light. You know? Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Yeah, I think we, a lot of churches have lost that focus. And like I said before, it has become like a social gathering. Right. You know, or we're going to like compete to see who's more spiritual. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, but we're losing. Who, who can pray the, in tongues the loudest? <laughs> thank you. Oh. <laughs> thank you. And we're losing sight of the unsaved. Right. You know, and so we are going about 
our production, you know, for lack of a better word, and the unsaved is leaving the exact same way they came. Right, absolutely, day in and day out. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like if we if we brought that back, like that priority kind of made that um, our mission, really. Um, because if we're gonna if we're gonna evangelize and reach the lost, when they when the lost are found and come, you know, into the local assembly, are they just left to their own devices or are we gonna, you know, really disciple them like you were saying? Right. Yeah, and I believe that he made us disciples to disciple. Like we Although we're learning and growing ourselves, um, he doesn't just want us to just be finished after being discipled. It's so that we can go and make more disciples. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, let me see, it was Matthew 13, um, verse 13, Jesus was saying that he spoke to to the crowds in parables because they would not understand what he was saying. And I believe that's important because as believers and as disciples, those who have understood and are, you know, are coming into our understanding, we should be there to help others and not expect them to know it right off the bat. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and Jesus was so patient. Like, he could have just went and said stuff that didn't make sense. He knew that they weren't going to get it. He knew that they couldn't see things through a spiritual lens, which is why he had to use, you know, more of the practical, um, natural examples. But he could have just confused them, but he was patient enough to explain and to, you know, make it to where they could understand. And I believe that as his disciples, we're called to do the same thing. Absolutely. Uh, Something powerful, like, and key that you touched on, if we go back to, um, how he spoke in parables, and um, to elaborate on that a little bit is, you know, when he would sit down, he could have easily explained his parables to the thousands of people that he was preaching to, right? Yeah. But I believe one of the reasons he did it to his disciples, and and um, I'm gonna bring that full circle in a second, is that because. Like you said, there was going to be people that they're going to come into encounter with that don't understand. They don't yep. get it. And so he was sitting down with them modeling, this is what it's supposed to look like to That's live so in good. the yeah. kingdom. You receive so that you can give. We live with open hands. Exactly. Absolutely. That is powerful, Kaylee. So true. So true. Are there any other recommendations that you would make? Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to be long-winded, but it's okay. (laughs) We as believers, we have to be willing to get uncomfortable. Mm. You know, one of the things Jesus said was, if you want to follow me, you got to carry your cross. Yeah, and I think that a part of that, you know, when I come home, I'm a single mom, right? You're a mother, so you know how demanding that is. Like, there, oh, yeah. there never is uh, off work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get off, you still got a full time job. 
So yeah. Um, you know, there's so many days where I feel like I don't have anything left to give. And I think that there's so many believers that that we live our lives that way, but because that's how we feel, that's what we represent, rather than pulling from God's grace and um, being willing to, despite how we feel, go out and still invite people in. Um, It doesn't have to be some big ordeal every time. It can just be, hey, Sally, um, I was just wondering if you wanted to come have dinner with me and my family. You know, yeah, my house is a mess. Ministry. We live here, but come over. Let me invite you into my home. Or that's ministry. Me and my kids, like, why can't we make um, little bags of, of of a little survival kit for some homeless people and go serve them one day? Um, yeah, we have to be willing to lay down our lives. Most um, definitely. And I believe that that's the cause and the call of Christ that hey, if you're going to follow me, it's going to cost everything that you have. But yeah. it's going to be so worth it on the other side, you know? Most definitely. And even when it comes to discipleship, I think an important recommendation is to stop watering down the gospel. Oh, yes. Because, you know, we complain about not having a lot of committed Christians. But if they haven't really committed to anything, you shouldn't even expect so much of them. Like, we present this this watered-down gospel that doesn't require anything. <laughs> right. And when people don't fulfill our expectations, then we say they're not a real Christian. They didn't come right. to church every week. Like, you feel what I'm saying? Mm, you yes. know, and we – but when it came to, like, Jesus and people wanted to follow him, he went ahead and told them, like, you're not going to have a place to lay your head. You might not have anything to eat. (laughs) You know, and that was the reality. And I thought that was so interesting um, just studying his discipleship model. Like he never, he never really encouraged people to just run to it. Right. Like he always presented the cost. And I, I think that's why we lose a lot of people because, we leave out the cost because we're afraid that they're not gonna accept him. Right. We 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 paint up we paint up we paint up this big beautiful picture that we try to sell people until they realize it's a fake and now they don't want what they that's not what they agreed to buy into. Exactly. And they leave the yeah. faith all together because you said that he wants good things for me and my grandma passed away. Right, right. Like you know, like stuff like that is we don't realize that this consumer mentality and seeing mm. people as as numbers mm. is really leading people astray. Girl, that's like, good. That's tough. Yeah, it is. You know, and that goes back to it being a show, and we're just. We're so focused on ourselves, we're not thinking about the fact that these are souls. Right. Yeah, and, and as leaders, um, in whatever capacity, like, you're held accountable for those souls. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like a lot of people don't want to hear that, but that, that ain't no. not what it says. Yeah. Yeah, it's so much, it's so much weight. <laughs> 
so much weight, and and I believe that it's it's taken as seriously as it as it should. Um, but yeah, that would be my my personal recommendation is to not water down the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, man, you 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 say so many great things. It just gets my brain like pumping. Um, and even this right here, you know, this this communication, this fellowship, just engaging where we're bouncing ideas off of each other and you're saying something and the Lord's like, well, yeah, and then there's this. And then you're like, like this, I think there's a point behind that. I know that sounded a little random, right? But Oh, you're fine. <laughs> you talk about watering down the gospel, and I think that um, – if people would stop talking about it so much and start really being about it, mm. then the, the, it, it wouldn't lose its salt, you know? Ooh. And I think that's what happens is that we become monuments because we're living off of uh. yesterday's bread, yesterday's manna, and we ain't wow. really out pursuing it ourselves, but we got just enough to where we could survive. Yeah. And and that's what we're inviting people into, and it's it's cool to see my son. Let me tell you, my son. I say, Malachi, don't do this. You know what Malachi does every single day? He watches me, and yeah. he'll he'll come up behind me, and I don't even realize it. And he he's doing everything that I just did, whether it's brushing my teeth or making a funny a funny face, like he's constantly mimicking me, right? Yeah. And so we're over here talking to people trying to sell them that that watered down our or our beautiful image, but then they're following after us. And yeah. when what we're not what what they see us doing isn't working for them because we're not really we're not really even eating or, or, or pursuing after that thing that we're inviting them into, then people are like, Well, I don't I don't have the tools that I need and that's where it goes back to that my that confusion of well if God's this if you told me he's this then why did this happen and it's because I never got to go behind somebody and watch how they deal with the uncertain or the unknown or things they don't understand or the realities of the kingdom that are bigger than us God's ways are higher than our ways yeah thoughts are higher than our thoughts you know yeah and, if I've never been in the kingdom of heaven and all I have is this expectation that somebody painted for me, but I don't have anyone to, to watch model that or what that looks like or present to me the different avenues, then I'll always reduce the kingdom to my level of experience and my level of experience will never be able to accept or encompass that reality because I don't have nothing to base it on except for what somebody told me. Yeah, that's so true. And even as image bearers and as representatives of Christ, we lose sight of that and take on the role of Christ. Right, right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave out these parts because I don't have the answers. Mm. Ooh. But at the end of the day, we don't have to have answers. <laughs> What you know, which is why you know I'm I'm so passionate about this first season because we we stray away from the hard questions because we don't have the answers, right? But my thing is, in seeking Him, I'm aware 
that there are some questions I may ask him that I may never get the answer to. Right. But that's okay, and that doesn't take away the joy or the beauty of, of seeking him for me. Absolutely. Yeah. So I feel like even in witnessing and evangelizing, I don't know, is a great answer sometimes. Yes. Like people need to see, okay, sometimes you don't know. Yeah, you're the pastor. Yeah, you're the minister. You're the elder. Yeah, you're you're a Christian and you follow God closely. You can go to church every week. You can pray every day, be in your word all day, every day, and still not know. <laughs> Drop the mic. Yes, ma'am. And that's okay. Mm. And I'm just as confident in giving, if not more confident, in right. saying I don't know as I am in get, in finding an answer. And, and, and you know what? You know what else that model, Kayleon, that is a, that is missing humility. Yes. Come on, girl. <laughs> yes. And if we look in every place in the Word, one of the things that God it says God detests He hates is a haughty a haughty heart. Yes. You know, pride yes. goes before destruction. And so that girl, woo. Mm. You better preach. You yes. better preach. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Wow. And that's that's the thing too. Is like can can I not have it all figured out? Can yes. I be a mess and still lead other people where I do have healing? You know, or yeah. where God led me. And I think that like once we can get a hold of that reality that hey, for one. If I would, if I had it all together, I wouldn't need the Lord in the first place. Exactly, exactly. And, and for two, like His grace is so sufficient. You know, it is. If, if if we can live in that for ourselves and receive that for ourselves, where it's like, man, I missed the mark, but God's like, I, I'm not a failure. God still yeah. loves me. I'm not exactly. going to hell. You know. Exactly. We can invite other people into that same freedom, and that's that's a game changer. Exactly, and the fact that we aren't graceful towards others and merciful towards others, isn't in the, and forgiving towards others is because of how we feel we've been forgiven. Right. You know, so if I'm I'm feeling like you know condemned, why would I extend forgiveness to somebody else? Right. You know, so I feel like admitting those things, admitting that you don't have it all together, being humble will allow you to grace other people. Absolutely. Yeah. And people need that. They need to see what that looks like. They really do. They really do because then it becomes this us versus them. Like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm flawed. But, you know, they're in the church. They're doing all this. Oh, they're perfect. They got it going on. Right. You know, and, and it takes away that family aspect, that community aspect of of church. Absolutely. Yeah. And even in my brokenness, I can worship him. What? That's what, that's what I need to worship him the most. It, girl. <laughs> Ooh, say that again. 
man. That, I'm going to tell you, too, um, some, well, a lot of people ain't going to like this either, but some of the most judgmental people are the same ones in the church. And yeah. that goes back to what I was saying initially is that Christianity and following Jesus ain't the same thing. Mm-mm. God doesn't want slaves because if he wanted slaves, then he would have left things the way they are. Anybody can follow rules, you know, but yep. it takes it takes real love to lay down your life and sacrifice and passionately pursue something when you don't have to. Yeah. And he said, I no longer call you servant. Right. I call you friend. Yes. Sons and daughters of the king. Yes. Yes. And it becomes I get to rather than I have to. What? I I just dropped my phone. Girl. Yes. (laughs) So true. Like when we shift that perspective, of how God sees us, it changes everything. Absolutely. It changes everything. Mm. Wow. Mm. This has been some good stuff, girl. Yes, ma'am. I really look forward to I really look forward to us as a body being able to um get new levels of freedom and come together and um, not just come to church, but be the church, you know? Yeah. I look forward to where that's the safest place in the world that anybody can come. And when I say anybody, it's not always the prostitute or the, or the beggar. Listen here. What? Sometimes it's the son and sometimes it's the daughter that's been laid up with pigs and needs to come home to his father's house. That's good. Man, that's listen. so good. Yeah, the people that you expect, they may not even be the one. Right. Yeah. But if we don't if we if we don't create that place of unconditional love, then who will, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and we're and ultimately we're missing out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's so that's so important. So important. Were there any other recommendations that you had? Nah, I know I know that we have to be the change that we want to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I, I'm, I totally I'm so agree. glad you're doing this podcast because these are things that need to be talked about, and um, mm. a lot of people shy away from the hard conversations, you know. But it's the hard conversations that really bring people true freedom and uh, healing. Yeah. I I hope and long for the place where we as individuals, you know, because collectively – we're strong, and, and and that's a practical concept that we can understand. But in the middle of all this, one voice can make a difference. One person can make a difference. Um, man, look at what 12 men did for the kingdom, you know? Yeah. 
if we'll take that responsibility and, and like, yes, identify these issues and talk about them because they need to be talked about. But in the same breath, make sure that we, that me, you, we're the change we want to see, you know? And, and, and of course, others around us, but um, we have to be willing that, hey, even if nobody else will, I can and I am. Yeah, that's so good. I totally agree with that. I do. Well, thanks so much for just, this was good. <laughs> Man, this thank so you. Good. Thank you so much for being willing to be a part. I really appreciate it. And yeah. I'm looking forward to having you for future episodes. <laughs> I, I can't I can't wait to uh to listen when this podcast comes out. It's gonna be in my favorite, so I, oh. I look forward to it. Keep running yeah. and keep striving, for real. Most definitely. Yeah, so thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, make sure you connect with Tara on social media um, as she continues to be a light to our generation. All right? Did you enjoy this episode? I'd love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starter Stick available at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms, bygracenp.com, and on my mobile app. Hope to hear from you soon.